Hello, Stephen Dan Fouts here. We're veteran educators who've created the Teach Different Conversation podcast to inspire all of us to think deeper, listen with more intention, and understand each other better. If you're a parent, educator, or anybody who wants to think in new ways that build real understanding about what's important in life and to help others do the same, then you've come to the perfect place. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Teach Different Conversation podcast. Tonight, we have a really, really interesting, intriguing quote about honesty, and we're very excited about that. And we're also very excited to have a guest, David Olson, who is the Director of Education at the Retro Report. And he's going to be introducing himself once he starts in on the quotation in a minute. For those unfamiliar, though, we like to just briefly go over the Teach Different Method. We're going to start with a really provocative quote. We're going to talk about what the quote means. We're going to interpret it in a way that makes sense to us. And, and then we're going to look at a counterclaim to the quote, a, a different way of looking at the world, but is equally valuable. And what Steve and I like to say on this podcast is when you share this with students, it's really important to convey to students that they have to believe in the counterclaim. They can't just say it and, and not believe it. Even if they agree with the quote, they got to convince themselves otherwise. Because here's where the critical thinking piece comes in, where they learn to see the world from different perspectives. And that's so important today, of course. And then we'll end with an essential question and we'll, we'll go on our way. Very excited. Here we go. I'm going to give the quote twice, and then Dave is going to weigh in. The quote, honesty. No one is more hated than he who speaks the truth. No one is more hated than he who speaks the truth. David, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Dan, Steve, all of the uh, wonderful listeners out there in podcast land. Um, you know, I, I think Plato might be on to something here. No one is hated more than he who speaks the truth. Uh, I think this speaks uh, very much to this duality that we all have. Um, we all want to be liked, appreciated, to think we're the best at something, and at the same time, we all claim to, to want the truth, to want constructive criticism. Um, there are so many people out there who claim being blunt as a virtue. I tell it like it is. Um, but we know that oftentimes that, that that bluntness is, you know, a cover for, hey, this is license for me to, to be a jerk about those sorts of things. I think, you know, the, the contemporary... Uh, you know, parlance for this comes from the great Lizzo, right? Truth hurts, okay? Uh, it and it does. The the Plato Plato definitely has has a kernel of of wisdom here. Although I know we're gonna we're gonna dissect this, and I I think there's some truth on both sides. So um, this is something that uh, as as you introduced me, I am the director of education at. At Retro Report, um, prior to this job, I spent uh, more than a decade as a high school social studies, uh, history, government, criminal justice teacher, um, and now what I do is uh, is try to create materials for teachers to use to uh, um, 
take the the great work that Retro Report does in creating these awesome short form documentaries and make them useful in the classroom. I think uh, for your listeners, people who who like uh, you know diving into really good questions and figuring out good arguments on multiple sides, that's what they're going to find if they if they check out uh, some of the the Retro Report films. Um, they're really good at at diving deep and and finding interesting questions so nice. I, i'd love to talk more about uh about you know how this fits in being a teacher with students that sort of thing and i have to say real quick i saw the retro report video on afghanistan it was fantastic i used it in all my classes and spread the word so there's just incredible resources Wonderful. Yeah. And everything Retro Report does is totally free, uh, open to, to teachers. Um, it's, it's geared, you know, middle school, high school, even, uh, even college university level as well. Um, we, we create resources, both videos, lesson plans, student activities, also host webinars and, and things like that. So sort of a, a wide range. Nice. Nice. Well, I like your take on the quote. I mean, it's very straightforward. I like how you put it. We all kind of pride ourselves in wanting to be open to criticism and wanting people to be truthful to us. And who likes being lied to, right? But we also, if we're around a lot of people, I guess the dynamic is, if you're around a lot of people who aren't telling you the truth about something, maybe a problem you have or something they don't like about you, you got a lot of people that just want to be liked by you. So they're going to be soft with you. Then you run into someone who tells it like it is. And they seem like they're the devil almost, like they're attacking you almost. And I think that that's the dynamic that, that creates the truth of this quote. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah. And so the, the place where, where I see that connection, um, you know, one of, the, one of the questions I know you, you guys often ask your, your guests is, where might this fit in the classroom? You know, where, where does this connect to, to what you teach? Um, and the thing that came to my mind, so I'm a, I'm a self-professed government nerd. Um, I, I love teaching uh, about U.S. government and, and politics, right? Those, those two things are, are enmeshed together, but definitely different things at times. And, and I think about, like, how do we assess politicians? How do we assess political campaigns? And how do we assess, like, what the government actually does, right? Do we, when we think about uh, programs that the government creates, are we actually honest about, you know, what the goals are and whether or not we've met goals? And are there people out there who are actually willing to change their mind uh, and choose to do something different in, in the public policy sphere? Or because they've made a promise and, and they've stuck to something and they say, no, this is what my party believes, do they stick with it? Right. Regardless of, of what the truth might actually be about, you know, whether or not that that policy is successful. So for me, I, I see this so clearly in the history and civics classroom of how do we how do we approach politicians historically, contemporary, contemporaneously, you know, 
how often do we let, you know, these lies sort of ferment um, and go, yeah, you know, we got to, we all have to lie to ourselves to, to make sure we stick with the party or, or the thing we've invested in. And how often are we able to say, no, that was, that was a bunch of hooey. We got to, we got to change course. That's great. I mean, I, this is my 29th year, Dave, teaching government. And you definitely just made me realize that this quote would be so perfect before a unit on campaigns and elections. Oh, you, sure. You could yeah. find video clips of politicians who accidentally said the truth <laughs> in, in, a, yeah. in, a, in, in something that they, they you know, were, were pitching or, or a program they were trying to sell and that it got them in trouble. And they were hated for saying the actual truth of something. And I think that would be a really good lesson there. Yeah, for sure. And I think, so one of my favorite, well, maybe not favorite movies, but it's it's a really good thought-provoking movie, although it's a little out there and you gotta, you gotta be real selective showing snippets of this to students, but it's the Warren Beatty movie, Bullworth from like the early 1990s. And the premise of the film is, uh, this politician, I believe he's a U.S. senator, um, sort of the, the undertone is he's hired someone to kill him. Um, and then he goes out and decides since, since he's going to die, he's just going to tell the truth. And he goes out you know, on his reelection campaign and just tells everybody all the things they don't want to hear. And what happens after that initial you know, shock of, oh man, you can't say those things is he turns into the cult hero, right? That people say he shouldn't be running for Senate. He should be running for president. Um, and it's it's a crazy film, but they're definitely, you know, if you wanted a good hook into, into that lesson, right? Go find a scene or two from the movie Bullworth where he decides to say, well, this is the truth that no one will actually tell you. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Now, I think when we look at that in real life, right? the politicians out there or the media personalities who say, I actually have the secret knowledge that the media doesn't want you to know, that the government doesn't want you to know. Often, at least from my perspective, those are the people who dabble in conspiracy theories. So, you know, there's it's something else for your students to, to grapple with is where is the truth and, and how do we sort of objectively find it? Um, you know, and we can, we can do that on a, on a very philosophical level. And we can also do that on a, how are we going to evaluate this claim or how are we going to uh, evaluate this government policy to figure out what is it that we ought to do? Yeah, that's great. I love those applications. The political context is perfect. And Bullworth, I remember that movie way back. It's funny that by telling the truth, he ends up becoming this reluctant leader, which is almost uh, flirting with the counterclaim to the quote, right? Maybe telling the truth isn't such a bad thing in certain contexts. Here's something I thought about as far as a question for students that's a little bit more personal. Think about asking students, you know, if, if they've ever had someone say something to them 
that they knew was the truth, but they didn't like it. And they got angry at someone else. But they knew that what they were saying was on the up and up, but they didn't like it. See if you could get some students to share some experiences or stories with that. That might bring out a little bit this, this quote uh, in, a, in a way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you could really get personal with this and, and ask them. I was thinking of an example, Steve, that they might bring up, a student might bring up. When a student is unveiling a litany of excuses as to why they did not turn in an assignment in on time, and the teacher looks them dead in the eye and said, you didn't do this because you weren't committed to it. And the student often re reacts defensively and angry because they're looking the truth right in the eye. That, that's one I think a lot of the kids could connect with. Do you agree with that, Dave? Absolutely. Um, I, I think you have examples there. I think, you know, one of the best ways to start a lesson like that is to is to model it. Right. You got to as a teacher, you got to humanize yourself. Uh, you, you have to you got to put yourself out there for, for better or worse. Um, I mean, I can think of examples personally, professionally, you know, where I was told things or where I said things, uh, you know, I mean, you can start with the with the very simple scenario of, you know, your wife asks, does this outfit look good on me? Right. Um, where you go, Oh man, is there, a, is there a good answer here? Is there a truthful answer here? Right. I mean, I've, I've had these conversations with my wife, not so much about appearance, but you know, other things where the, the end answer for me is if, if you didn't want to know the truth, like don't, don't ask. Right. Uh, only ask if you if you actually want to know what what I think. Um, you know, I can think professionally. I'm sure that every teacher has had uh, an observation or evaluation where, and, and I, I know there are a, a multitude of uh, people's different experiences out there with uh, good administrators, not so great administrators, but times where administrators will will have a critique where they will say this part of your lesson didn't go well, or you didn't do a very good job with this, right? I, I mean, I've been told, hey, Dave, your wait time sucks, right? <laughs> like you called on too few kids. You kept going back to the same well over and over and over, right? And, and you hear that. And I mean, the hard part, I, I've had those experiences where you'll walk out of that and that's the only thing you will have heard. Um, and it's because- it's the truth and it sticks with you. And sometimes it's awful, right? I, I can right. think of when I was a, a teaching assistant, um, when I was in grad school um, and, and they would do the, you know, the fancy like bubble forms and somebody official would come in and administer and that sort of thing. And you get the comments back and I'd have a, a page of great comments and there'd be one or two that were negative those are the ones I remember. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard. And I, I think, you know, being upfront with students about some of those experiences about being confronted with the truth is a, is a very powerful way to start. And it does hurt 
you know, at times, if it if Absolutely. the truth is yeah. said in a blunt way, it's kind of contextual. It, it hurts, and it, it, when something hurts bad, badly, you you can't. It's hard not to project, an you know, the person who said it as an enemy. You know, well, why? How can I remain even keeled with this person who's just brought up this hurt? You know, it's we don't distinguish the truth from the messenger, right? They become blended, and and it is a very human experience. Uh, you know, the kids are going to have a lot to say about this. For sure, right? Truth and lie when you're growing up, it is a big theme. And it obviously does not end when you become an adult. But yeah, there's a lot to this. There's a lot to this. Maybe we look on the other side. You want to roll into the counterclaim, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, how would you, Dave, how would you state the counterclaim? Well, what would you say is the best way to look at this that really kind of calls this into question a bit? This one, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I struggled a bit to, to find the best counterclaim, the, the one that, you know, that, that attacked it head on. I think, I think my approach to the counterclaim kind of comes in through the the side door. So I, I also would love to, to hear what, what the two of you have to say, but my, my counterclaim here is that the, the truth is incredibly powerful that if you want to engage in, in real change, it comes from the truth. It comes from confronting the truth. Um, and so when we talk about you know what what our goals are as individuals as communities as countries as humanity big small whatever I, there there isn't a person out there who who truly believes that they are perfect that truly believes that everything about their life and community uh, and society are perfect everyone wants change of some sort Right. And, and the way you do that is by confronting, acknowledging the truth and then figuring out a, a way to, to make change. Now, it, part of the issue here, you know, so I the way one of the places I see this is that conversation with students of you can be anything you want to be. Right. That how do we how do we get students to dream things? How do we get students to to envision that anything is possible when, in fact, it's not right? Um, I, I grew up in uh, the suburbs of Minneapolis. Uh, my plan was to play second base for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, it I, I could sort of field. And then uh, by the age of 15, I could not hit a curveball, and my baseball career was was done. It was never going to happen. Right. Um, so so what if someone would have told me like, Dave, you, you're not good at baseball. You're, you're not going to make a career of this. You're not going to be a multimillionaire. Um, how, you know, I think with that truth, I probably would have accepted it and said, yeah, I know. I, I realize that I have many deficiencies and shortcomings. But on the other side, right, if if we embrace that too much of no, confront kids with the truth. So often those truths have been, have been weaponized, right? They've been used against 
marginalize students to say, ah, it's just not possible for you, right? Choose something else, choose something easier, more attainable, right? So I, darn Plato, he's so, he's so meaty with, with his nuance here. Interesting. I, that's an interesting take on the, on the, on the counterclaim that you, you're kind of playing with the idea of truth and how it can be, you know, good or, or bad. The, the way I looked at the counterclaim is just to restate it, something like, no one is more hated than he who lies. And then I would immediately ask the kids, okay, you just shared some stories on when someone told you the truth and you vented your anger on the messenger. Have you ever been deceived by somebody? And then share a couple of those. And then get the kids to compare the hurt that was caused by someone who told the truth and the hurt caused by someone who told a lie. And and see which of those caused more lasting damage. And I think that through that, they might realize that as much as the truth hurt them, it didn't hurt as much as the, the deceit and the lying, which is maybe more long lasting. Maybe we can, they can get over the truth, the hurt from the truth um, easier. I don't know. It depends on the stories they come up with. So that's, that's the angle I would take on this. I got to tell you the truth, Dan, that's a much better approach to the counterclaim than the one I took, but it's a way to go. No. Yeah. It's (laughs) one of those, Dave, the way we think about it is you got to get a counterclaim that, that actually does almost convince you away from your belief. It's a game you play with yourself. And that, that's kind of that, you know, we are, we do this all day, every day, Dave. So th- this is, this is like easier for us to process, but I, I kind of agree that it, hate comes to from liars too. I mean, as simple as that, but they're so different. Because the truth is something that's up front. You hear someone say that. There's no question that it happened. A lie has to be discovered sometimes. And there's there's another layer there of nefarious behavior that you have to accommodate for with someone that you know even worse, right? Like you're a good friend who lied to you. There's something that is so difficult to get over. So anyway, the the word hate is what got me to thinking of that, right? Plato's using Mm -hmm. the word hate. So I don't know. And I, and I think I, I probably agree with the counterclaim more than Plato's claim. I I think that I, I think, to me, Dan's explanation and, and what you followed up with, Steve, makes more sense of, and here, the, so two thoughts on this. The first is, I actually see the hate from the truth coming from the fragility of ego, right? That, that you hate being confronted with the truth because it does harm to what you want to believe is true, 
not what is actually true. Right. Well said. But the, the harm that comes from the lie, right, is is the one that uh, I'm talking in circles here, but it's the one that harms truth. It's the it's the one that that deceives, it obscures, it obfuscates. The, the other thought here, and, and this, you know, maybe just connects to to Plato himself. You know, I, I mentioned early on that that people use, you know, hold up bluntness as a as a virtue and perhaps a false virtue of well this is this is how i get to be a jerk in different situations i confront people with the truth i say it how it is perhaps that's what plato is arguing here as a man who philosophizes professionally right as a man who who sees it as his job to bring uncomfortable truths to light and has people react negatively to that, you know, my, my guess is this is part Plato saying like, Hey, I tell it like it is. And some people can't handle it. Well said, we, we never know Dave where to go with the author of these quotes because they literally are lessons in and of themselves that can help the kids understand where the quote may be coming from. Yeah, there's a thing or two to learn about Plato, I imagine, yeah. Oh, goodness. You know, I would add this in, Dave, and this won't surprise you, but Plato's teacher, his beloved teacher that he was a disciple of, was executed by his own democracy, his own city, for telling the truth, for corrupting the youth, was the official charge. And that was Socrates. And this was Socrates, right? So you, you, I can just see this quote emanating from someone so frustrated to try to understand how his own society could kill who he thought was one of the greatest people in the world. So it, it does make it more understandable. But then you, you swing back and you say, when you introduce it to the kids, it's kind of nice for them in a way to not know where it's coming from, at least at the beginning. So you treat it kind of as it is. Well, I actually think, well, that sort of ends up tying in a, sort of where I was going with, with my counterclaim of what is the power of truth and, and when is truth something that is necessary, right? And I think, so I, I think about this as a, a teacher as a coach. Um, so I, I, I've coached high school tennis for a long time. Uh, for over a decade, I was a forensics or competitive speaking and acting coach as well. Um, and finding ways, right, as a, as a coach and as a teacher, your job is to move a student, an athlete, a speaker from point A to point B in their skill development, in their performance, in you know, pick your, pick your metric, right? And there are plenty of times where you could confront a student and say, you, your thesis is terrible. Uh, your backhand is worse than mine. Your, you know, your uh, performance here doesn't make me feel anything that you want me to feel, right? You're not, you're not producing any sort of emotions out of your audience, right? Those are all truths, 
right? They, they certainly, those are all things I could have said to plenty of students uh, along the way, right? But if the goal is to get a student to improve, to, to further their abilities, what are the ways in which you, you shape truth, massage truth, uh, explain things to, to students uh, in a way that, that doesn't obfuscate from them, doesn't lie to them, but, but doesn't confront them with something that will make them shut down. Now, you're right, Dan, that in the end, it might turn into love, admiration, acceptance, but which way is it more likely to, to get there through the massaging of truths uh, in, into a way that makes someone receptive to hear it or in confronting them with the, the cold, hard facts of the situation? Dave, you, I love you how just, you said massaging of yeah. truth instead of lie. Absolutely. There we get that kind of contextual thing, right? I think there is an art, as you say, especially when you're nurturing and mentoring someone, you can, you can share things with them that are not lies and they're not 100% blunt truths. They're almost distractions. They're, they're things to point out. Uh, they're, you may be avoiding certain things that if you ended up talking about it, you might have to say something that they wouldn't like, but there's a, there, it, there's an art to it. There's an art. And what you've described, Dave, I think is teaching. Absolutely. Because yeah. especially on a one-on-one -on -one level, when you need to get a kid on your side, you have to come up with that magical balance of telling them the brutal truth and, and caring for their ego. Cause if you miss that, on one side or the other, they're not going anywhere. And every kid has a different golden mean, a, a, you know, a, a different middle ground. Yes, precisely. Which is, I, I mean, there are many ways to take this. First thing is, that's part of why teaching 30 kids at one time is nearly impossible, right? To where, where do you aim for a golden mean to, to move the class? But, but you're correct. If you, if you don't find the right approach what you end up with is either a student believing they are successful when they are indeed not successful, right? When that thesis is not up to snuff, right? When that serve just won't go in, right? Or what you end up with is the kid who has shut down and will not accept any further relationship to get them to move in that direction. Right. So that's that's that fine middle ground, um, nearly impossible to do 30 humans at a time. Right. So yet you do your best. You, you know, sometimes you aim for the middle. Sometimes you find ways to differentiate, reteach, uh, address students in in different ways. But yes, that's that's education and that's education writ large of Anytime, like you said, you're, you're nurturing, mentoring, uh, trying to help someone become a better version of themselves, develop a new skill, grow in, in the skills and abilities that they have. It's also parenting, too. Ah, uh, very true. I mean, very it's, true. it's human development, definitely.
Well, this is this has been a really interesting conversation, Dave. We went in different directions, but I thought they were all productive directions. You know, we explored the claim, we explored the counterclaim, we connected this to really the teaching profession and the challenges of being a teacher and having to work with young people and always having that that pressure to either tell the truth or to massage the truth in a way that that contributes to the personal development of the people in front of you. I mean, this is a tough job, but isn't it fun? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, I, I think the the wonderful part about teaching is uh, that end result with students when you see growth, when you see development, um, when when you realize the the seeds you've planted have sprouted into something, and and hopefully that something also includes that that relationship with the students, so that they know that uh, you ought not to be hated despite telling the truth. Uh, that that what you do as as an educator is is from a place of love, and that you figure out how to approach the truth. Uh, in in the best manner that that you see fit as a teacher. Well I'll said. just add in here that I think kids are great hearing the truth for, for the most part. They know if you care about them. Absolutely. You know? And if and if yeah. they know you care about them, they want the truth. They, if they catch you trying to work around something, sugarcoat something. They're going to think you don't care about them. I'm inspired by it. I have a lot of optimism, hopefully, right? Definitely, definitely. Well, Dave, before we go, do you want to um, tell our listeners how they could get in touch with you at the Retro Report? Absolutely. So uh, any teachers out there who are interested in learning more about Retro Report, all of our entirely free resources lesson plans, student activities, uh, a treasure trove of over 250 short films that are uh, the vast majority of which are perfect for the classroom. Uh, they can check us out at uh, retroreport.org. If you want to go to the education page, it's retroreport.org slash education. You can get in touch with me. My email is dolson, O-L-S-O-N, at retroreport.com um, or you can find me on Twitter which is uh, where I've connected with uh, with your wonderful co-hosts here um, my my Twitter handle is all one word at David John Olson d-a-v-i-d-j-o-h-n-o-l-s-o-n um, so yeah and then and then look for me at uh, at conferences I'll be uh, I mean that's that's part of my my job now is to go and find teachers where wherever they are. Um, so conferences like NCSS, NCHE, uh, a whole bunch of different uh, regional and state level social studies conferences. Uh, that's the goal. So if you're out there, hey, and here's here's the deal. If you tell me, hey, Dave, I heard you on the Teach Different podcast, I'll, I'll make sure you get I'll make sure you get the good swag. Uh, all of those fantastic right. giveaways. Nice. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that's great. Well, we're, we're going to end with an essential question to keep us thinking about this. We like to model that, but we always say that during these conversations, your kids will come up with the very best questions of all. We like to end with one, and here's the one we have tonight. Very simple, but 
profound. Should we tell the truth? Let, let the kids chew on that for a while. And they can always consider that. And you can revisit a question like that. Should we tell the truth so many times during a school year, no matter what you're teaching? Dave, thanks so much for being our guest. And we appreciated your perspective very much and what you're doing for the teaching profession at the Retro Report. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the opportunity, gentlemen. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, everybody. We hope you're walking away feeling energized by some great ideas and are confident that conversations like this are possible with just a little bit of planning and a three-step method. Make sure you go to teachdifferent.com to learn more and check out our library of conversation plans where we've compiled dozens of quotes, each with their own claim, counterclaim, and essential question. Good luck, and don't forget to teach different with conversations and make a difference every day.